Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. Glad to have you along with us. Be sure and check out Blue Water Climate Control at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or reach them on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate. Lots to get to in this podcast. Uh, we'll talk some basketball a little bit later as the Vols get ready for the SEC tournament. Spring practice starts later today. Plenty of football to get to that we'll dive into. Let's first start off on the recruiting front and Austin, let's start, and Jesse, let's start with the weekend that was Tennessee. A lot of big names on, on the docket in town. Uh, the fact that Isaac Washington was just the fact that he came here I thought was a big deal. I did not see a recommitment from Isaac Washington taking place this fast. I didn't think Tennessee was out of it, but I didn't think one visit here would get him back back in the boat as a committed player. See, I did. I, did you really? Yeah, it just seemed Fairly like – Fairly impressionable. Yeah, well, and I, I just think more than anything, you know, if he had like went several places in between when he decommitted and this weekend, I could have lent myself to thinking that way. But for him to pinpoint this right away and come back, meet Brumbaugh, and uh, you know, I, I think that was as big as anything. I think he just got kind of spooked and knee-jerk reacted to decommit because Tracy was gone, and you know, who knows what else was said, and. Um, you know, and then I think once he got back over here and he calmed back down, then he realized, okay, this is why I committed here to begin with, and I really like Jimmy Brombaugh having, you know, spent an hour with him in his office and, and all that. I thought that was big. Um, I thought the, the weekend for Ritzy was, 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 a, was a big weekend because I think it, you know, stunned a little bit some of the momentum that Georgia had. Um, the big question is right now is, like, what did the – Drake May's a big-timer. And some of those other kids, they've got are really, really good players. But Ritzy, Peyton Page, those guys are, 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 are ranking-wise big-time kids in the state of North Carolina. What do they think about this momentum that's going on in North Carolina right now? You know, I mean, do they see it as like, you know, hey, if it works out, cool, I got to make what do what's best for me, or do they get swept up in it? Um, you know, I, I, for Javari, you know, Jimmy Brumball was on point with him. Um, you know, which I think was a big sign for Tennessee, a good sign for Tennessee to, to see that, you know, you're getting production out of your defensive line coach. And on the recruiting trail, yeah. you recruiting did not. Coach. I mean, you go back to, again, to the last two classes, and you lost three kids to Georgia two years ago. Last year you lost a kid to A&M, a kid to Auburn, a kid to Kentucky. Those are all in-state D linemen. And, I mean, and you were really ineffective with any of them. Well, which I mean, is mind-boggling. Well, part of that is some of those kids you waited, you didn't know if you wanted to take or what you were going to do. I mean, you, you, part of it you was, were wishy-washy. A, a couple were self-inflicted, but the majority out of the six, I would say at least four, you wanted and you, you just. Well, no, no question. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that, that, that Tracy Rocker, I mean, look, he didn't recruit very well at Tennessee. His effort in recruiting was not very good at Tennessee. And I think that's the point that you're making there. Uh, the other interesting point, Jesse, I think, and, and Rob too, is, is this this North Carolina deal in terms of what Mac <coughs> Brown's got going on right now. I mean, is this is this just things kind of falling into place perfect for them? Is this a little bit of a perfect storm? You know, you know, I mean, Tennessee's had those runs where they get like boom, 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 boom. You know, maybe that's just this is North Carolina's run, and it's just so happening it's happening in March instead of June or July. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think they're probably also <clears throat> trying to capitalize on the fact that, that Clemson, you know, continues to load up so early. So maybe they're trying to do their best to grab the lion's share 
that they can in terms of in-state guys. Hey, secure your spot. You're with us. Uh, and they're even going out. I mean, like, you know, Sutton's a Tennessee guy. Right. You know, I mean, they dipped in here, and that's a guy that I think was much lower on Tennessee's O-line board. Um, now, does a Ritzy, you know, give Carolina a long look? We'll see. I, I think Page probably is the, is the more likely uh, of those two to, I think, really seriously consider North Carolina um, because he's kind of talked about staying closer <coughs> to home, uh, which behooves both UNC and Clemson. Um, but I think both of those kids are, are still pretty open. I don't think either one of them are close to doing anything uh, as we sit here right now. And maybe that changes if they take another visit somewhere, whether it be Tennessee or elsewhere, you know, later this month. But coming out of this weekend, I think Tennessee did a nice job with both those kids, and they got to kind of continue to hammer away. Yeah, I mean, I think with Paige, you know, part of the re- reason, you know, there was all that moment, you know, the quote momentum with Clemson is, is everybody just assumed he was going to jump in the boat because Clemson's pressured this kid to pull the trigger. He's yet to do so. And, you know, from people I've talked to, it's kind of been a, a bit of a turnoff for the kid to get the, to get the kind of the, you know, get in the boat, you know, talk, you know. Um, that's not for everybody, but it's, it's a big it, reason why Clemson does I mean, the way they do it. That's though. the way they do business. I was going to ask you, is that, you know, is he a big enough target to where they wait on him or or is he, and, you know, or, I, or is it one where they, they do move on like they're telling him? I think they move on eventually. I'm not sure they move on right now, but I'd say if you if it gets like, to if it gets to June, May, if June. it gets to May, I, or you know, I think even if it gets to May, I think you know you're, you know, you're back out on the road seeing kids and stuff. I think it's easier to, you know, turn your attention to elsewhere unless you think that you know you've really got him and you just need you know one more little domino to fall to get him to go public. I mean, you know, right now I don't think that that's by any stretch of the imagination you know where we're at with this thing. Um, so, you know. I, Again, that's what I tried to say on the board last night, or you know, or Sunday night was, you know, don't everybody gets caught up in, pay oh Page Page he's he's ranked higher. It doesn't matter. Tennessee likes Javari Ritzy more than they do Peyton Page. You know, that, that one because of the position of need, but two because they just think he's a got greater upside. So I mean, like you know, don't always just get locked into what a kid's ranked. I mean, like, who does Tennessee covet? Tennessee covets Javari Ritzy, uh, the guys that were here this weekend. Like they just like, that's their guy. And it was good to have him on campus for more than one day. Oh yeah, three days: know. Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so I, I think that's important. Uh, getting that kind of extended FaceTime, you know, it, it worked out. And I, I gave Asavet kudos on Saturday um, by convincing the Northeast team, you know, that that had a ton of studs to come in and, and give the balls a look to. I think Tennessee's chasing for Elijah Judy and, and Robbins and some others there. But it's good to get them on campus. It's good to, you know, uh, at least start that communication, open up that dialogue, have, you know, Judy who's, who's You can't the get that good pass. vibe unless they get to campus. Yeah, and, and, you know, he talked about it being a different type visit uh, when I talked with him and just kind of, you know, it, how Tennessee would use him. He enjoyed kind of getting to meet uh, Shelton Felton for the first time. Now, again, they're playing catch up there. He's, he's been to Georgia several times, has an official visit, planned to Athens in April, going to go to A&M officially, LSU officially. Uh, but you also got a bunch of 21, 22s and 23s from that school on campus, you know, which you're kind of starting that, you know, and then that's going to be Osavet's deal is getting kids here and then how do you lure them in yeah i I don't think there's going to be going to be any doubt he's going to be as productive as anybody in getting kids on campus i I think that 
you know, that's kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, his mentality, his, the way he goes, kind of grinds a lot. Like Jay, got to all those kids here in, in short order. So like Walt Well, several you, years ago, like Walt was really good at getting right. huge groups on campus. And then it's kind of how do you, and then it's right, really can, how do you, you know. Now the question is, can you, you go to Pennsylvania exactly. and really win? I mean, North Carolina to Tennessee is a lot easier to, to see as potential than it is to see a bunch well, of yeah, Pennsylvania I mean, it, kids come down. But again, you might get one or two, you know, along the way over the next course of the next couple of years. Well, and it's also it all about starting that pipeline. I mean, part of the reason why Georgians and Ohio State and some others uh, have had success up in that Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area for some of the real blue chippers is because they've gotten in the St. John's and some of those schools. And so when you have more than one kid that goes to your school, it's not just DeAndre Swift, but it's Webb and a couple others, and they come down and a bunch of these guys are going to Ohio State. You then kind of have those t- long-standing ties that, you know, Ken Sally or Ken Daly is saying, you know, two years down the road. Well, yeah, I mean, Judy went there, so he know, you know. So that's what Tennessee's also trying to capitalize on, just you know, getting in early, whether it's there or in Washington D.C. Uh, and some of those big powerhouse well, programs. And, and another thing, I think they're doing a nice job of the, of the staff. You talk about Jay and Osvet and those guys. Yeah, they're they're responsible for getting them here. So kudos to those guys. But then you know, Shelton Felton getting with Judy or Brumbaugh getting with all those North Carolina defensive linemen. Because, I mean, ultimately, you know, Jay got him here, but, you know, it's up to Jimmy Brumbaugh to really kind of lay on the big impression. That's going to be their position coach. For sure. So, I mean, like, to kind of tandem it and tag team. And, I mean, it's not groundbreaking stuff, but I think it's things they're doing better now that they weren't doing when they had the previous guys that were on the staff a year ago. And the other the other guy that I want to talk about is, is uh, to me, a, a ton of traction with him. Um, and of course, you're, if you beat him, if you if you get him, you're beating out Alabama for him. But there's a natural tie with a family member that's in East Tennessee. Is Dylan Brooks? He's been up here multiple times since the start of the year. Um, you know, spent a lot of time with Shelton Felton, Derek Ansley this weekend, and you know, that one I think is uh, you know Tennessee's Tennessee's deep in that one. Now granted, you're gonna have that. to you're gonna have to beat out Alabama for him. Well, see, I was gonna say you have to beat out both because he's also been to Auburn umpteen thousand times and so you when you just follow the visits i don't think it's just a two-horse race i agree i think auburn's i think i mean he he is he's been he's been to jordan Hare about as much times he's been to tennessee as much times he's been to tuscaloosa so i i I think that tennessee is absolutely in it i just think that it's it's going to be a three-team deal not a two-team deal that's fine yeah and 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 but that makes it more difficult i mean when you're having to beat out one in-state school but beat out a second i i think that makes the climb that much more harder but if you are able to do that that's a hell of a you know win on Shelton Felton and Jeremy well, Pruitt think, you know resume I think the biggest there. thing I think the biggest thing that area of need too the biggest thing there is you you've got you got a t- there's a tie okay I mean he, he's got he's got he's got some ties to East Tennessee he's got a family member in East Tennessee I'm not saying that family member is going to be the difference you know, but it helps but, get them up here. But it, but it, but it's not just it's not just hey we're going to cross the state line and get a guy and beat out the two in-state schools and we don't have any real tie to it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's I think that's significant, but man. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of with Jesse <clears throat> getting a kid out of Alabama that Auburn. Well, I mean, it's no question it's, that they both won. Well, I'm with you. I think it's definitely going to be tough. I think to chat, you know, but again. To go in and try to get out and win in that state, you get you know what whatever state you're going into, if you can have a tie, it, cert- it certainly helps. And 
you know, is it enough? Who knows? But the fact of the matter is he continues to come up here in Tennessee. I think Austin is going to be in that one all the way to the finish line. Do they get him? Who knows? But they're going to be one of the finalists for Well, Denver. much like a couple of years ago when Tennessee had all those natural ties to the DBs and, 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 and Quay Walker, um, Tennessee it, it has the ties here to be in this one in a similar fashion. You're right. Can they, can they you know, get over the hump in, in a recruitment like this against, you know, Alabama and Auburn in the state of Alabama. That just doesn't happen very often. And right. if normally if it does, you're like a, a Clemson, a team that literally is on, you know, has been in the playoff or has won a national title. You know, you've got something, you know, that you're you're really selling more so than just the, the dream and the, the chance for early playing time. But this is a kid who probably has worked and camped with Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt when they were at Alabama. You know, he was a youngster then, but he's been around those guys. So there's some ties there that, that give you that give you a, a punch, you know, give you more than just a puncher's chance of being in that one. So we'll see. I think the other thing that, that came out of this weekend, um, and it's for down the road, but but I think the the angle and the pursuit that they took with Ty Simpson this weekend, I think is noteworthy. In my well, his comments were him, certainly illuminating. Yeah, I, think. I mean, in my conversation with him, he made it very clear this was a different. This was, this was a recruiting visit. This was not, hey, my dad's a coach, you know, at, at, at Martin, and we're going to come watch Tennessee play, or hey, they want me to throw as a, a ninth grader, just take a look at me. This was kind of the first, hey, are you ready to be? Are you ready? You ready to be our guy? I mean, there was a recruiting pitch. There was a sales pitch delivered here, and I think it was kind of the first time that it happened. And there was so I and think, I think that's something that Simpson was ready for. I think it was something that Simpson was ready for, and and based off you know your conversations with him, and and I think it was also you know both sides had questions for each other. You know he kind of talked about you know Cheney wanting to know who is Ty Simpson. You know take me through who you are as a person, as a player, and then Ty wanted to be upfront that or was up front that he wants to be the guy in 22 as he should be as he should be but he also understands that there's some other dynamics out there including you know another in-state quarterback that Tennessee could have interest in and and how does that you know dynamic play out and so uh I thought his you know candor about that was noteworthy that he even admitted you know this thing if if he could be done with the recruitment process you know sometime in the next four months if it, if it shakes out right, but I think he, both he and Tennessee, I think are kind of want, have some questions about each other. Well, and I think the question that you have on both fronts is, look, you, you want to be the guy, get in the boat, okay, end it, okay. You want to be the guy, you can be, you know, be the guy and end this thing. You know, if it's hard to be, and I think this is sort of what Ty was talking about. It's hard to be the guy and string everybody along because they got to go keep recruiting other people if you're not ready to get in the boat. Because, you know, it, it, but, I mean, top, flight, top flight quarterbacks, what, what, when what, they come off the board, as he, as he said to me, it's not just about who's in your class, you're paying attention to who went the class before you. It's the biggest domino in, yeah. in, a, in a, anybody's recruiting class every year. Well, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma may be a factor for, for Ty Simpson right now. He may go visit them. I don't think Oklahoma would be, would have been a factor if Brock Vandergriff had remained committed to them. Now, if Caleb Williams commits to them, okay, to Oklahoma, I or think whatever, you're right back in that same. You know, then I think Oklahoma's in trouble. 
okay? Which is going to be interesting to see in light of what Ty Simpson said, how does Tennessee manage quarterback recruiting in this current, in the Well, was, that's class. what I was going to say. And, and so the, the inverse of that is that hypothetically, if, if Ty Simpson gets in the boat, w- what does that mean for Tennessee in 21? If a kid says, hey, Harrison's a freshman, five-star, whatever, came in with the expectation he'd play, perhaps even start, and then you got another guy that most folks deem as, as at least in that upper echelon uh, in the next class. Now, all these kids, I will say this, most of these quarterbacks, because they've been the guy the whole their whole lives, they believe they can beat out anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian Mauer's coming into this spring saying, yeah, I know Harrison Bailey's supposed to be the stud and that JG is the guy, but I think I'm the guy. You know, and, so it's, and we'll see. But, I mean, that's just kind of that, that – that you kind of ha- – you have to have some of that to be at that position anyways. But I do think some guys are going to take a hard look because Tennessee's options at, at, at 21, I think, are kind of dwindling anyways. We'll see what Slater, you know, has to say when he comes in here. Salter, uh, you mean? What's up? Caden Salter. Salter, not Slater, yes, yeah, Salter. Into uh, this week. So – uh, that that's an interesting. Tennessee also got you know, it it happened under the radar because it wasn't you know, we weren't sure, sure if it was real or not right away. But they got another commit too, Edwin White, you know, kind of a they hope a, a maybe low floor, super high ceiling type kid out of Mobile. His his highlight tape is certainly impressive. I mean, he made umpteen thousand plays, you know, as a, as a safety uh, for a state title team in Alabama. Um, interceptions tip passes, sacks, tackles for loss. So, you know, th- so this is kind of like you talk about UNC. I mean, Tennessee had two dominoes go down today, and I think you're going to probably see some more as the spring unfolds. Man, if I'm Tennessee, where they're at as a program right now, you know, kind of on the way up but not where they want to be yet, I mean, I'll, and if you think Simpson is – if you evaluated him to be that good, I use not taking a quarterback in 2021 as a selling point. I think you have to take one every year. Just because, I mean, like, because what happens? Okay, let's let's go this I think route. You have to take one. Yeah, I'm and here's why: because I think I think there's a real good shot. Mauer and and Shrout could be gone before the 2020 season gets here, much less 2021. I mean, if they come out of spring and Harrison Bailey's had a pretty good spring, even if he's not the guy, the guy. But if you got JG and and Harrison Bailey, I mean, are they going to sit there and go? Well, 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 even if it, even if it doesn't happen at the same time, I think I'm in agreement that neither it, one are on the roster in 21. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, you know, how long is Jimmy Holiday going to live at quarterback? You know, I mean, can he live there multiple years, or did you know does he does he say, okay, I want to play receiver because I want to play? But in that hypothetical, or, or do you, it, does he say, I don't I don't but, think I'm going to get a shot here, and I'm going to go try to play quarterback somewhere else? But to your point, in that hypothetical, if we're if we're saying hypothetically. Mauer and Trout are not on the roster in 21. You are removing three of the five quarterbacks that you currently are repping. But you're also saying if, if those two guys are gone in 21, okay, hypothetically speaking, that means that means Harrison Bailey is the guy. Yeah, that's fine. But you don't you don't want to have just two scholarship quarterbacks. Yeah, correct. With one of them being Jimmy Allen. Well, I, under, I understand that, but I mean, so, but but I took, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and play to Rob's point a little bit. If you think a guy like Ty Simpson is a program changer for you, okay, can you make it essentially four months with with Harrison Bailey and Jimmy Holiday playing quarterback? Because because Bailey gets hurt. I mean, if you've got a freshman, is 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 Christian Belue going to be your answer as a say. freshman? I mean, suddenly there? you're going to have a chance to win the East with with one of those guys as a freshman. Again, it could be I, the difference between winning eight games or winning three games. 
some somebody that's in 2021 or right now could be the difference. I mean, that's on Tennessee's board that they could get. We don't know, but I'm just saying I mean, if you literally are saying if you have to put back there Alante Taylor or somebody because you don't have anybody, I mean, I, 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 AP and I are going to you got to take a kid every class. You got to take I, a kid every class. I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I think you have to I, take one. I think you have to take one every I don't class think, I don't with think all any, the transfer stuff. I, I don't think anybody that's available right now, Brent, would scare Ty Simpson. I guess my point. Well, so, I, don't dis- I don't disagree with so that. So you take a body to take a body. Right. Or do you just take a grad transfer to get you through four months? And maybe that's the route you go. You know? You know and, you, you, and you get through four months that way, and then you don't have to worry about that part of it because the answer to Ty Simpson is he won't be here anyway. Hill? I mean, I was just – I mean, I just if think you if you think now listen, and, and that may be put that's putting too much here. pressure sure. on Ty Simpson. But if you think this guy is your Trevor to Lawrence me, or your that's what I'm program change, that's what I'm saying. We had this talk on TV the other night. He's the best quarterback that's come through this, this state, and I don't even think it's close in the least, twenty in the twenty five years that there's been a rivals that type of thing. That's what if you evaluate him to be that good. As a, and my, I mean, I think it's a unique situation. Otherwise, I say yes, you take one every year. But as a, a generational prospect, I think state the, prospect at the most important position in the game, I think it's worth not taking some slappy that might help you, you know, keep it close against Alabama. Right. Dep- depends on who's available in twenty one. Depends on who's in the room after spring practice. Lots of things out there. Which goes back, Jesse, to what you were saying. Kind of the yin and the yang of Ty Simpson having questions and Tennessee having questions back to Ty Simpson. Which is why this weekend was important. was important and I, and I to have was, those those die, those hard level transparent conversations. Yeah, and I, let's not put the cart. You know, I mean, Ty Simpson is not Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. but yeah. I mean, like, we don't know if he actually is a generation. Yeah, he might. No he, he is probably the best guy that this state has produced right. in a long, long time. But that's time. not saying anything. But yeah, but we. <laughs> did, I mean, he's Ty Simpson, super nice kid. Very well spoken. We watched him throw that day uh, a year ago, um, but he's still only six one. I mean, he's gonna add, he needs to add some weight. I mean, there's certainly which is why Tennessee has some questions. Sure. Uh, but it was a, a big visit, I think, for both parties. Yeah, and again, a lot of this that we've discussed way way off the reservation in terms of hypotheticals. But the point in this con- in, the, in the the last few minutes of this conversation on the podcast. This is what coaches are dealing with in, in quarterback recruiting. Yes. This is the, and this is what quarterbacks are dealing with in, in quarterback recruiting. And it's only going to get crazier if the transfer rule goes into effect where you can one-time transfer. You know, because guys are going to jump around, you know, and, and, and want to be the guy and jump around everywhere and, and all that kind of stuff, which is going to be pretty, pretty fascinating to watch. Last couple of recruits. Um, that they don't want to talk about. Um, the Wright kid, Jalen Wright from over in, in Durham, North Carolina, visits Tennessee, visits Florida State. Feels like Austin, that one's getting ready to really explode in terms of how, how, how much schools really want him and, and, and what they think of it. Florida State, um, close to offering it sounds like, but I think some other schools are getting ready to go. Well, yeah, because um, it's speed kills. Yeah, I, and you know. I think that that's a guy whose stock is really What does Coach say? Off. Fastest kid in North Carolina. Yeah, I, you know, it, I just think it comes back to, you know, people want guys that can run. And, I mean, he's state track champ, um, you know. He's running a New Balance national deal this weekend in the 60-meter or the 55-meter. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he He's can, also won again. Tennessee's in on that one a little early. Mm-hmm. You know, he does not have a ton of offers yet. A lot of folks have not seen him. So, if you can kind of uh, formulate that relationship and lock that one down, that would – And see, I think – 
I know he told Brent August, but I think it happens before then. I think April or May. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would not be surprised either. Yeah, unless he gets on the road and and, and his gets- coach had good taste in food. I mean, he went to Gus's. <laughs> he did, <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's going to be that one may. I'm with you right now. I think it probably comes off earlier, but. If when coaches go on the if road and start evaluating up. and yeah. he gets 10 offers in April, that thing may slow down a little bit because he may want to see some more places over the course of May, June, you know, before the we dead talk about period. like what's happening in North Carolina. It probably helps Tennessee, even though Tennessee really liked Evan Pryor. probably helps Tennessee. Evan Pryor's a similar type player. Going to take that spot at North Carolina. Right. Clemson kind of has its upper echelon to tailbacks that it's looking at. It's kind of in a different stratosphere. So when you talk about the two in-state schools – or an anti-in-state school, but two Carolina programs, you know, I think that probably behooves Tennessee a little bit with that with the rights recruitment. Yeah, fun, but fun look, a great guy to talk to. His tape's a fun tape to watch because he can do a lot of different things with, with the ball in his hand. For yeah, sure. I mean, he's got to get bigger from a standpoint of weight, but, I mean, like, I mean, he's a, I mean, six foot, I mean, that's, you know, he's a, he's a bigger, yeah, he's taller gonna, running I mean, he's back. He's going to fill out. I mean, in a, in a, in a nutrition program, I mean, he's going to fill yeah. out and add some weight. But, again, Speed never had a bad day. Uh, the Fairchild kid, Dylan Fairchild, continues to blow up. We'll see if that. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed his candor and comment where he said, you know, my first visit experience here wasn't very good. He visited Georgia State game, and, and, you know, that thing didn't go very well. I don't think anybody had a whole lot of juice to talk to him afterwards. But this visit was much different. Now, Georgia offered. I think Georgia's going to be hard to beat in, in that one when it's all said and done. The, the Bulldogs offered last weekend or last week on the in-state prospect. But And, and Auburn's probably, I think, a, a player yeah, there too. West but, you know, he's also seen South Carolina. LSU's offered. A&M's offered. Uh, Tennessee put a good foot forward there. We'll see if they can get him back on campus. All right, Blue Water Climate Control offers ductless air condition systems as a smart alternative to central forced air systems. Known as a mini-split heat pump, these ductless systems offer high-efficiency energy savings, lower noise, personalized comfort, and advanced air filtration. They're an excellent option for remodels, room additions, finished basements, in-law suites, cabins, vacation homes, and as a supplement to an existing HVAC system. If you're building your own home, you definitely want to let Blue Water talk to you about the many benefits of a ductless system. They are often uh, half the price of a conventional duct system solution and have great warranties. Call Blue Water Climate Control and you can schedule a free consultation. Again, check out more at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Jeremy Prude and his football team go to the practice field this afternoon. Uh, lots of questions. Everybody's going to want to know, Rob, you can't get enough pitchers. You can't get enough breakdown of Harrison Bailey's first 15 throws um, or 20 throws in this deal. Jeremy Prude trying to get the acclimation period out of the way. Besides Harrison Bailey, from a, maybe from a returning standpoint, who are, you, who are you interested in seeing just from a physical, just from a look standpoint? Who, who, who are you curious to see? Mm, maybe Roman Harrison jumps up. Apparently, he, apparently he's looking for per- I was talking to someone just the other day that said he's had a nice weight room session. Now, can't he make that translate? I mean, not necessarily physically, but, I mean, D'Angelo Gibbs, what's he's actually part of the – you know, act, once he's on active duty, what can he do? Is he, you know, is he a big timer or somebody that can help you? Come on, people, we know where I'm going here. Where are you going? Going Cade Mays. Want to see Cade and Orange? Uh, and then otherwise, Harrison Bailey. Yeah, I think um, Darnell. What does Darnell Wright look like what, physically? Yeah, what's he look like? Has he lost some weight? Now he had the ankle deal, you know, and how much did that slow him down? You know, this winter and stuff like that. But that was a guy who was heavy to me all year long. He 
I, I know he came in in a little better shape than we thought, but I don't think he was in great shape all season. See, how can Ramel Keaton change his body? I mean, like, I mean, he was ripped. I mean, he was always carrying the six pack already. I mean, what, what, how, what can, he, how much bigger can he get? Well, he's got yeah. to get stronger legs. Um, that's, that's his thing. I, I, but yeah, I'll, Darnell's I'll a guy, though. I agree with Brent. I'll, I'll go deep. I'll go a little bit deeper down the the. I, I, what is the number? What is the what is the tight end group just look like? I don't think we expect Austin Pope to do that much uh, because of coming off the the, the hamstring tear. Um, How much bigger has Jacob Warren got this offseason? Yeah, what, what does Warren look like? But Princeton fan, fan from a physical fan, fan has a chance to be that number one or number two guy this spring. Sean Brown, you know, is he healthy? Is he not on the scout team, kind of in the mix? You know, that's a – it's not a sexy position, but Tennessee needs at least one of those guys to step up and potentially two well, because and, you and, lost you – lost, DWA and Craig, and those guys played a bunch of Well, Well, you know you want to play two tight ends. I think another one is how much does Emmett Gooden do? You know, how well yeah. is he moving around out here? He's nine months removed. Is, I don't know if my math's it's right. August. About, about nine months removed from, from the ACL tear in, in surgery. So, A, what do they let him do? I'm sure that they're going to limit him some in contact, but one would expect him to go through a lot of the individual drills, the, the no-pad stuff. Where's he at in terms of kind of having some explosion back and that type of thing? And we don't get to, of course, we don't get to see him an individual. But how does J.J. Peterson do? You know, even when we were out there an individual, a lot of times he was having to do things two and three times and getting instruction on the side. You know, mentally, as he started to grasp it where it's become second nature versus, you know, having to think through everything every time he does a rep. Well, and how quickly, do I think, also do those players acclimate to their new coaches? Yeah. You know, yeah, just I mean, because Niedermeyer switches from one side over there, and all of a sudden Osvitz over at the tight end. Well, I mean, the, for for the offensive guys, at least they know Osvitz is. I mean, they've been in yeah. meetings with him. Maybe he hasn't coached them individually, but they know those offensive guys. Only those defensive linebackers know who Brian Niedermeyer is, but they've never they've never gone through a drill with him. And how much you time know? does Jeremy Pruitt spend with the linebackers? I think he's going to spend a ton of time with linebackers, don't you? Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I mean, no offense to Shelton Felton, no offense to Brian Niedermeyer. I think, I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to hover greatly over the linebackers. You know, yeah, I don't think spring. it's, a, I don't think it's an insult to them. But I mean, you got two new guys there, right? Never coached the position, and the other part of that is you got Derek Ansley, Ansley, who's your defensive coordinator, that, who can easily handle all the DBs. Yeah, working with the DBs. Who you know, Jeremy Pruitt's got great trust yeah. in because he groomed him. You know, he 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 developed. Ansley and and I would say, and I would say, even though Ansley dealt mostly with safeties a year ago. You probably feel more comfortable letting Jeremiah Wilson or some of the other uh, quality control folks handle or do be a little bit more hands-on maybe with the def- with the corners because it's a veteran group. You know, I mean, it's, you're not breaking in a bunch of youngsters this spring. Elante's a junior, Kenneth George a senior, Bryce Thompson's a junior. You know, Shamberger's a senior. You know, you, it's all a, those guys have pl- and they yeah, played and they a played bunch. a lot, and, yeah. and so the, the, there's a, the, they know how to practice. They they know the expectations. Um, now the wild card, and I had him, you know, in my little defensive thing. Does Baylor Buchanan do anything? Because if he does more than just run around in shorts, I think the secondary suddenly becomes even a, a little bit more interesting than I think most would surmise. Only because we know how much Jeremy trusts Baylor and likes his smarts and ability to, you know, be in the right spot and do the correct thing. He's not the most physically gifted player back there. Um, not the most toolsy guy back there, uh, but, but I mean, be, be, knowing where to be is half the battle sometimes. And 
he started every game in Jeremy Pruitt's first season. Here. Well, so, let's let's face it. That secondary was better a year ago because Nigel Warrior figured it out, knew where to be, and helped everybody get where they needed to be. Right, and so the, which and, is why which is why you could play some younger players because Nigel helped line those guys up. Yep, and so does 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 Bailey being able to do at least some? He's, I'm sure he's still going to be non-contact, but if he can actually be out there for more than just you know bare bones individual stuff. Uh, does that allow Schamberger to maybe see some time at say, you know, what, what, what's kind of the domino effect of that? Oh, I'll be curious about that. All right, last football thing before we jump into hoops here. Jeremy Pruitt's going to meet the media after practice uh, later today. What's Jeremy Pruitt's message to kick off the spring? I like this team. I mean, I'm just going to, I mean, I just, we had a good offseason. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty. You think it's pretty mundane? You don't, uh, think, you don't think there's a little bit of a. You don't think he's going to drop the anything about you know? Don't uh, shoot yourself. Next, no, <laughs> next step. You know, you know, making the next move. You know, it's I all new I, guys. I, you know, our culture is this that. You don't think there's necessarily a bigger picture he may, message he, there? He, I'm sure he may uh, praise the culture and the off-season program and, and kind of that the expectations have been set. But I don't, I don't see him kind of painting himself into a corner no. saying like we have Same to take the next step. I think he'll stay step. away from the big picture stuff. I think he'll talk about things like you say, culture, likes, you know, how they how they change it. I think he'll I think I'm I think he'll mention habits at some point in time, learning how to work. Like you know, we got a group of guys. Well here well, well it'll either be a yay or nay on how good the retention was. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty granular. Do you think he mentions guys individually? Or you I do. Think, you I think, think I, I think he's so profit. much better He's so much better though in that regard than he was when he first got here. Because I, I, I think and I think he'll mention the Trey Smiths, you know, those type of guys. I think he'll probably mention Cade because I think it behooves him to mention Cade. And I think he'll stay you completely know. away from any quarterback conversation. Yeah, I agree. He'll 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 be leery of that. He will downplay. You that know, but I think he'll he, you know he'll be able to talk about specifically in the back end. You know, guys like Bryce Thompson, Alante, you know those type of guys and I think he'll talk about Henry a lot I mean to me you're smart to promote a kid that was freshman All-American will, will we talk to an assistant coach this spring I'm gonna go yes I'm gonna go coordinators I can see that okay we'll see what happens with that plenty of coverage coming up later today from Jeremy Pruitt's press conference also practice coverage we have some photos for you little video highlights we'll try to show you as many Harrison Bailey throws as they'll let us show right Jesse's gonna chart how many balls were dropped in Three routes minutes. on air Nobody charts routes on air better than just three minutes, baby. Nobody. It's crazy what it's done. I mean, I, I can go back to find my notes from 94 when we got to watch scrimmages and charted all those freshmen, but I didn't chart a lot of, you know, charted Peyton Manning and Brandon Stewart, but didn't chart a lot of routes versus air through the years. But that's, that's kind of where we're at at this point in time. But we'll give you an update on, on how everybody looks today and try to give you as many photos and, and video highlights of those guys uh, to give you a start for practice one of 15 for Tennessee this spring. As the Tennessee football team gets uh, in, in full motion here and gets going, Rob Lewis, this Tennessee basketball team heads to Nashville. Um, with a black eye. With a black eye and in need of wins at this point ah, in time for postseason play, right? It's, they're not, they're not, there's not many more wins out there, maybe one. Just just completely did you know what to the bed on Saturday after – I mean, had it all in front of them. Beat, beat Florida, had just an improbable, epic win at Kentucky on, on Tuesday and then come home and just laid down, laid down against Auburn. I mean, it was – just a, I mean, no, no positives, just an absolute 
horrible performance. Is, is this a situation, and this is not, you know, he's a better coach, not a better coach. It's nothing like that, okay? So, but sometimes coaches have teams or are, are opposing coaches that are, for whatever reason, bad matchups. Is, is is Bruce Pearl always going to be a bad matchup for Rick Barnes? I mean, I, don't, I, I think because it's what five in a row. I mean, I think on Saturday. I mean, I, are they just better? They're just better. I think. I mean, I, I mean, fans, you know, are going to pile on. What I mean, what's what's Rick's record against all against Kentucky? What's what I'm saying? Seven and I mean, five. I'm not saying I'm not saying Barnes is a bad coach. I'm saying sometimes you have. What's the record against against Bruce against four and five? Four and five. So he won the first four and he's lost the last five. Yes. So it's a game of runs. I mean, that's, I mean. I mean, I think I think Auburn's guards are right, right now the difference. I mean, are the difference. I mean, Tennessee's starting two freshman guards, and they just ate Vescovi's lunch. And they're quicker, and they move the ball so well. The spacing that they get just a lot of wide open shots. And the biggest disappointment for me on Saturday, and I would say, and it for Rick as well, based on some of his comments, was Josiah James. The difference you saw there from what he did in the second half at Kentucky, where I thought he was the best player on the floor. In a in a high level basketball game, to where he just was a no show against Auburn, and I mean, if he's not going to give you anything against a team like that that's so perimeter oriented, drive you know uh, that was and, and Visco- it was going to be a tough matchup for Viscovi anyway right. with, with the guards they Dodi, um, Okoro and and I, and I think teams as you've gotten deeper into the season have have really you know started to target Viscovi and you know they're going to they're going to go at him. Uh, offensively, and I just so I, I can't explain like you know what, what why Auburn's won five straight, but you know, I, I don't think it's good. I mean, I was here when I saw Bruce win plenty or lose plenty of games. Sure, what? That, that's, you know, that's not my point. My, my point is not. I mean, sometimes you play guys, sometimes you play teams that a year in matchup. year out, they're just not a great matchup for you. And 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 it seems like the guard oriented stuff that Auburn traditionally runs or Pearl traditionally runs, I should say, has given has given Barnes's defensive philosophy some challenge. Well, I think it's that's, gotten open looks. I think that's accurate. You know, but and Auburn's not a great shooting team by any right. means. I mean, they came in here shooting barely thirty percent from three and made fourteen of them yeah, on they, Saturday. Right. So, I, mean, I think. I mean, I think if you would have told Rick beforehand that Auburn was going to take. 32 three pointers. It felt pretty good. Felt pretty good. Yeah. They weren't driving to and you know driving to the rim, getting to the basket. Mm-hmm. But the thing on Saturday, some I mean, and I and I, Rick Rick said it was breakdowns defensively. So many of those were just wide open. I mean, not I mean just completely uncontested, no hands anywhere near anybody's faces. And I mean that's as many open shots as I can remember Tennessee giving up. I mean maybe ever. I, you know recency bias. I don't know, but it just seemed like of the 14 threes they hit. I, I mean I bet 10 of them were just. Look like shoot around three. Utterly clean looks. Yeah, I mean, you know, just looked like it was in a shoot around deal where you know you had a manager throwing you a ball. And Rick, I mean, Rick blamed it on you know guys, you know, not not you know just not not following the scouting board either. You know, trying to run guys off the line who were who were you know not three point shooters or or sagging. I mean, if that's happening this late in the year, that's that's not that's not a great comment about your team. All right, so Tennessee takes on. Um, Alabama in this deal. And Coin toss. I mean, Alabama could look really good at Absolutely. like Tennessee. I mean, they're both yeah. both of them's they're, mainstays they're, that they're inconsistent. They're two sides of the same coin. I mean, who who know you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Al, I, I, I I like watching Alabama play as much as the team the conference. I mean, they play fast think, and they're going to shoot. And they're going to shoot a bunch of threes. So, I mean, it kind of going to be a mirror of, if they make 14 like like Auburn did on Saturday. Tennessee's coming home. I mean, because Tennessee can't score. 
I mean, they can't score. They've Not scored, at that level. They've scored 70 points three times in 18 SEC games. And one of them was at Kentucky. And what we're going to look back on is the, maybe the biggest fluke win, you know, I've ever seen. They scored 50 points in the second half. Or, you know, just – well, there's obviously there's some issues at Kentucky with the, with the Hagen, yeah, you know, with with all with that Hagen, going they on. They got with some Hagen's chemistry issues. They got some, and that, that reared its head in the second, in the se- a little bit in the second half. No, I think that was a big part because, of Tennessee's, you know, comeback. Cal downplayed it when it was asked about body language and this and everything else. But during that comeback, I think there was some, you know, it, well, some, there, some there chemistry was, issues. I'm sure. talking with some people who, you know. Knows some of the particulars. There were definitely some, some back and forth, and it escalated in the locker room after the game, which is why Higgins didn't make a trip to Florida. Yeah, so there you go there. We'll see what Tennessee does coming up uh, this weekend in Nashville. I think we'll see him play Thursday, be home early Friday evening, and check it, probably be back in here at Thompson Bowl in the NIT next Tuesday night. And then the question become the other question that jumps in there too is what happens in this league? Do, do they get, do they get I that? I think Mississippi yeah. State's the 15. I think they get in. Mississippi State, I mean, and I think this league will ultimately get five, Jesse, but Mississippi State and those bubble teams, better not hope that it, better hope that nothing happens like what happened in San Diego State's conference deal where they lose. There's one already. Because there's a bubble team off. You do not need any more of that to happen along the way um, if if you're a bubble team. So we'll see what happens. I think this league gets five, but Mississippi State better not go lay an egg in their first game out there, in my opinion. I would agree with that. You know, I, I don't think I, I don't think you want to be on the bubble because I, I think it's going to be wild to see what happens. But they're going to Nashville with twenty wins. They are. I mean, you know, but they've also had their moments. I mean, I don't think they're great by any means. I'm not saying that. I just think I think they're the fifteen. But you think the league's going to get five? I think they're the fifteen. They're nine or ten seed. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think they get five. Yeah, probably do. So we'll see what happens with the Nashville tournament. The rest of the tournaments coming up this weekend. Full coverage of Tennessee and Alabama coming up on Thursday as well. Again, full coverage of Tennessee football coming up later this afternoon. But that's going to do it for the Blue Water Climate Control Fallquest.com podcast for Jesse Simonton, Rob Lewis, and Austin Price. I'm Brett Hobbs.